Welcome back, everyone. We are the 12 Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as the guy who recently finished a binge listen to this very podcast. And now I'm worried. If I really enjoyed the podcast, does that make me a narcissist? Anyway, we're glad that you are enjoying the podcast enough to make it this far. Consider becoming a patron for some extra content and to help feed our insatiable Papa Murphy's pizza habit by going to patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two, sided guys. Also, reviews and ratings really help us be seen, so go out there and give us a five-star review and maybe say a couple of words about how much you're enjoying the podcast. And if you were jealous of your friends with parents that actually let them call the Nintendo Power Game Counselor hotline, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 28. My parents let me do it like twice. I only remember the one time. I uh, no, actually. So I wrote I, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power. I, again, <laughs> that's a big flex. I know uh, we've commented on this before, Sabrina. I had one, too, as a kid. But uh, I also called in once because there was this game that had this very specific. Um, well, let's just say that I no no kid would have ever figured it out without the help of a Nintendo playing professional. Yeah, it was Paladin's Quest, right? Yeah, Paladin's Quest. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to work there. <laughs> I think every kid wanted to work there. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Open up. We don't want to have to break this door down. The voice is muffled as it passes through the thick mahogany door on the second floor of the posh restaurant, The High Side. Nilla pulls a shirt over her head before she realizes that it isn't hers, it fitting like a dress over her slight frame. She glances over at the lean, red-skinned man standing naked next to the bed a look of confusion on his face as he turns from Nilla to the door and back again. What's going on, milady? Bordemus asks in his slight Calathese accent. I, I don't know, Nilla manages to stammer as fear grips her like a vice. But she knows. She knows all too well why Imperial soldiers would come pounding on her door in the dead of the night looking for her. Rose Syndicate. She knew when she agreed to help gather intelligence for the resistance that this day would come, but she never expected this day would be today. The voice behind the door addresses someone else for a brief moment. No good. Break it down. Before addressing Nilla again. Nilla Vinter, you are hereby under arrest on the charges of aiding and abetting the resistance group Fallen Heaven. Your refusal to open this door will be taken as testimony against you, and the charge of treason will be passed upon you. This is your last chance. Bordemus's eyes go wide. Is what he says true, my lady? Bordemus asks. Nilla swallows hard, tears leaking from the corners of her eyes, and nods. Bordemus stands still, his body unmoving, but his mind racing. Then, after what seems to Nilla an eternity, Bordemus nods in turn, strides over to his belongings stacked in the corner, and finds his sword. The blade comes free of the scabbard, and Bordemus turns to face Nilla. Panic sets in. She is unsure of what will happen next. Will he turn me in? Will he kill me? A sudden giggle escapes her at the absurdity of it all. How silly, a naked man with a naked blade. Bordemus walks toward her, reaching her in three quick strides. Nilla crumples to the floor and hides her eyes behind her hands, waiting for the sharp sting of the blade across her neck and shoulders. Instead, she feels a warm touch on her left shoulder. My lady, fear not. I can see that you are no warrior. 
Stay behind me and I will see you clear of this place. I fear leaping from the window would only maim us and make us easier prey. So I will make a stand here and on my honor as a knight of the Order of the Red Blossom, I will see you safely away from here. Nilla opens her eyes and sees her red champion smiling down on her. The thumping resumes on the door, louder now. A boot instead of a fist, Nilla has time to think, before she scurries into the corner behind the bed and begins to whisper a prayer to any lord or lady that might be listening. But in the back of her mind, she has another thought, unbidden. How fitting. A knight of the red blossom and a rose. Well, a wilted rose at this point, but even a wilted rose has thorns. Well, now I feel really bad about Nilla, though. That's... now I feel bad. Now, I'm trying to remember who she was. She's my friend. Okay. Well, Nari, though, think about this. Would Ember have had somebody to protect her had you had you not gone for uh, had you gone for Nilla instead? That's true. She she is in a much less classy place. There's no knights going. Yeah. <laughs> no sworn knight in her bed. <laughs> and even if he had been, even if he had been, he probably would have been tied up and unable to help. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, there were plenty of. Nights filled with swearing, I think, is yeah, yeah. what you... <laughs> Not a sworn knight, but knights of swearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lacking the K, you know. All right, so here's where we're at. If you guys recall, last time we got together, um, there were some shenanigans with trying to find the Wilted Rose, this uh, secret Rose Syndicate group. You followed some clues that led you out of Everly Park, and back into the streets, after winding around following different symbols of a rose with arrows pointing in different directions, you finally found one pointing to a cellar door. After you went into the cellar door, you found a puzzle to solve. No, we nailed that puzzle. <laughs> You're darn right we did. Boom. Crushed it. <laughs> after solving a puzzle that opened up another door into the further depths beneath the city and down into the catacombs that webbed their way all the way underneath the city of Arkelvy. After a brief skirmish with some zombies and some whites and a, a really... Um, a stinky boy. Stinky, a stinky zombie. Yeah, you guys were able to solve one last puzzle in this room of the room of the, or the Tomb of the Ten Maidens um, where you had to find one tomb that, or one sarcophagus that was labeled Opal. And when you pushed her name, a door opened up and back behind there was a secret room and you had discovered the Wilted Rose. Not long after that, you... Um, realize that the Wilted Rose is actually Nilla, who was a member of the Rose Syndicate, along with Nari, who um, you had some relationship uh, before everything went down in Arkelvy a few months ago. But now Nilla has been living uh, in hiding, trying to um, bring down the Empire, as well as the former leader, Aaliyah Brava, who she claims is uh, the one who betrayed the Rose Syndicate two months ago. Alongside Nilla are two, um, two other people. There is Bordemus, the red-skinned, horned knight. And there is a, a blue-skinned uh, kind of uh, uh, fishy guy who you have not actually been introduced to yet. But that is pretty much the extent of the, quote, fighting forces of the Wilted Rose. And I believe the last thing that happened was um, you had discussed ways in and out of the tomb and or out of the secret hideout when Pine realized that Aaliyah Brava could have killed Nari, but instead let her go. And there is a very good chance that maybe Aaliyah Brava has been following Nari. 
And that's where we're at. That realization just happened. Now, remind me, did Nilla give us any wafers to snack on? hi <laughs> So, no, 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 no. Okay, so my naming scheme, only Scott, because you brought this up, my naming scheme with Nilla, um, she is slight. She is short. She is a waif. She is Nilla waif. Oh, my God. I don't think we can play in your game anymore. I speak I speak for all of us. <laughs> I was going to say, at least she's a waif, but at least she's not a waifu. Oh. Oh. <laughs> or is it uwu? Uwu. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here you guys are. That realization just happened. You are in this room. The room has um, a table in it. It's got um, a, a candle lit on the uh, on the on the tabletop, there is a red lantern in here kind of giving off a red glow. Um, in this room, this small room, there's also a hallway going north and a hallway going south. Um, and Nilla had just told you that there are two ways, uh, two other ways into this room. One goes up into a tailor shop and one goes down further into the catacombs. So Pine, despite kind of this tense situation, he is still kind of like trying to like stifle a little bit of a giggle and a smile because he is so excited about all these secret doors that we've been finding. <laughs> <laughs> so Bordemus kind of steps forward after Pine has this realization and he says, Wait, are you saying that you were followed here? We didn't see any signs of being followed, but Nari was potentially ensorcelled and we can never be sure with magic. It's like these damn crystals. Never quite understand how they work. Aaliyah Brava is no fool. She had me in her clutches, so there's a reason she let me go. Do you have any lookouts or anyone posted to provide watch? No, th this is all there is. This is, we are the Wilted Rose at this point. We have, we have people in town who are sympathetic, people in town who will you know, lend us their aid in whatever small way they can, but th this is it. We don't have the manpower for a lookout. We, we hoped our puzzles and our, our secret doors would, would keep danger at, uh, at bay as long as possible. Well, speaking of the secret doors, is, is there a way that you can completely seal off the uh, entrance we just came through? Um, he looks over to uh, to the western or to the eastern wall. So you guys came into the western wall of this little room. Um, the east wall has a lever on it, and um, he kind of motions to the lever and he says, well, this will open it from our side. But um, I, I mean, to lock it, we'd have to maybe break the mechanism. And then again, that might, might not keep the door shut anyway. Hmm. It's it's its power is in its is in its secrecy, is in its ability to be hidden, uh, not in its actual um, strength. Well, this is not a good place for us to be caught if they are on our trail. Um, Ebby, I know that in the last fight you were. We're hit pretty hard and significantly. Is there anything I can do for you? And I'm offering to give you some of my commander's morale. Oh, that is very kind. I think hold off on any of that aid for the time being. I'm doing fine as it is at the moment, but we may yet need that when the situation, if it becomes more dire. Okay, well then Pine will kind of talk up himself and kind of pat it like like uh, pat his own chest and like you know, like okay, well we got this, we got this, and I'm going to go ahead and use um, ten of my commander's morale on myself. Okay, I want just for fun, I want uh, 
Joff and Ebby and Pine all to make perception checks. Nari, you do not get to make Aw, man. Yeah, you'll, you'll find out. Joff rolled a 19 on his perception. Ebby rolled a 20. And bringing up the rear, Pine got an 11. Okay, well, Joff, I, saw, I heard your 19 and I thought, oh, that's so close, but not quite good enough. Ebby, with your 20... As you're standing there talking and discussing, you you glance over something about the bright or the, the red light of this red candle shining over. Um, you catch just a little hint in Nari, her hair. It looks like there's just a little chunk of hair that is missing from Nari's head, kind of off the back. Like her her sweet dew that she normally has has a little bit of a um it's a little little piece missing. Nari. I almost called her Harry. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Potter. Not so Harry. Harry <laughs> Potter. You're a wizard. Um. Anyway, Nari, have you recently done something with your hair? I mean, I don't want to cause any offense, but it looks like you have like a bald spot on the back there. Nari will kind of put her her hand on the back of her head and um feel around. No, no, I haven't done anything with my hair at all you can feel that it's like it's not like a it's not a bald spot per se but it's just like where the hair is a little bit longer you can feel there's a chunk that's a little bit that's not quite as long um and it looks um about probably about the the width of like your finger that much hair has been kind of trimmed back a bit oh no i mean it's slight it's just a section that's missing don't don't sugarcoat it ebby she's a monster they messed up her (laughs) sweet fade (laughs) (laughs) i can tell you i'm gonna be speaking to the manager about this one (laughs) you guys can make arcana checks if you would like to i'll make an arcana check yeah ebby will too let's try this pine rolled another 11 (laughs) joff got a three (laughs) ebby rolled a nine and Nari rolled a nat 20. What? Natural 20? Okay, so um, th- here's what we'll say, Nari. As you are sitting there kind of feeling your hair, um, you don't know how you know this, but it, it you just, somewhere along the line, you, you gleaned some information that if somebody has a part of you, of your body, like uh, nail clippings or some of your blood or maybe a lock of your hair, it makes it a lot easier to be tracked magically. I'll kind of relay that to the group and say that Aaliyah Brava is probably probably using my hair to track me. Um, I'm not quite sure what we can do to stop her. Is do, would we know? So so I don't want a metagame. Matt knows specifics of spells. Would we know about effective distance for some of these spells? Um, with your Arcana check of what nine? Is that what you got? I had an eleven. <laughs> an eleven. Um, Double digits. You know that there that some spells are work better than others. Some some have long distance and some are very, very short. As far as the actual uh usage of like arcana, that kind of thing, uh you would not know. Okay. Well, the longer we're here, the more danger we're in if she's tracking us. I say we we make a break for it. Up or down. We know where she is, though. We know where she's staying. Uh, Nari, before you guys do anything else, I need you to make a wisdom save. I rolled an eight. Thank you for making that roll. Okay. (laughs) Continue, Pine. (laughs) Just saying, we know where she is. We know 
that she's staying at the house. Paul, remind me where Leah brought where we found out she was staying. She's staying at Eberly Manor. That's where that's where uh, Nilla said she was staying. Oh, so she's like right by where we were just at. Yeah. Well, even if we know where she is, how I mean, what good would the five of us be able to do? If we could get away, if we could confront her somewhere mm, neutral or when she's least expecting it, that's that's an option. Or hear me out. We could venture further in, see if we can't hollow out a place for us to set a trap for her if she sends somebody or comes herself. We could make it look like we went that way. I mean, that won't help much if she's got a lock of my hair. I'm down to shave it off, but I don't think that'll help. <laughs> Do we want to fight, risk fighting more of those stinky boys? Or should we find a more equitable place to fight? Nilla speaks up and she says, Well, we, we can go up through the tailor's shop, but I'm fairly certain that if we, if we take that route, then it will be lost to us forever after this. And I, I really don't want any harm to come to the, the kind folks up there. Was there another way out of the, the chamber of the Ten Maidens? The tomb of the cha- te- Tweb there? Yes, where all of this, all the dead chicks are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, thank you for reminding me. That's something that actually I forgot to, to mention in our last episode when I was describing the room. Lighting was kind of a, a big deal. You guys couldn't see that far. Um, but as you were exploring the room, um, you guys came in on the south side of that room that had the 10 sarcophagi in it. Um, and on the north end, there was another set of stairs going down. So there is another exit out of that room that you would already have known that I just failed to mention uh, last time. I have an idea. What if Nari stands in the middle of the room waiting and we can hide to ambush them as they enter? That seems like that might work. I am I'm concerned that any plans we make with Nari present could be overheard. Actually, no, I have a I got an 11. Sorry. <laughs> you did get an 11. Yeah, I, I'm trying to play without thinking about that, too. <laughs> That's a fair point, though. I mean, I I can definitely walk into the other room while y'all discuss and um, figure it out from there. Why would you need to do that again? <laughs> in case she's able to, in case she's able to scry on me and hear what I'm saying, hear hear through my ears and see through my eyes. Whoa, that can be done. I don't know a lot about magic, but. I mean, it seems like something that could be done. Well, that's fascinating. That's downright dastardly, too. <laughs> Should we put on a dance party if she can see through your eyes? Give her a little show? So Pine starts to do, like, um, some hip thrusts. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the ham bone. I thought you were going to do the He will start the ham bone, too. Ebby's uh, doing the robot. For sure. <laughs> All right. As you guys are talking, now before anything else can happen, you all are aware enough that suddenly this door behind you that you came in through, it opens. <gasps> and you can see back, you can see back into the room where you were of the Tomb of the Ten Maidens. It looks like from where things are uh, situated, it looks like Ebby has the best view. Um, and Ebby, looking back in, you can see there's light now coming from that 
uh, tomb, that, uh, that large space where you fought the, uh, the whites and the zombie and, and the skeleton. And you can see, you can make out two figures standing there as well as a, just kind of the edge of the third. It looks like they're kind of tucked back and in hiding. Um, the two that you can make out um, are looking ahead straight or they're looking straight into the room where you guys are. One of them is short. He's got like a thick beard. He's wearing heavy armor. He's got a shield and um, it looks like he keeps kind of touching his breastplate um, every few seconds. The other one standing behind him is a lean fellow with uh, with long brown hair. He's got like some tattoos on his face, uh, a little different than um, maybe what Nari's mountain tribe uh, people would have. This is, this is a uh, more colored. Um, it's got like a, a blue color to it. Um, and, uh, he has a bow and it is, he is aiming an arrow straight at Ebby, but he is not firing. And after the door opens, you hear a voice and the voice calls out, all right, send out the wilted rose. You're better off surrendering. Um, well guys, it looks like the party has arrived. Nari is going to kind of step in front of Ebby and say, I'm, I'm here. Um, okay. Ebby or Nari, let's see. You can see, um, the same thing actually just with your, with your vision, there's a lot of more shadow. Um, Ebby can see better, uh, out this area. You can't make out the, uh, the armored fellow cause there's a big shadow, but you can see back standing in the light, this, uh, this thin man with a bow aimed right at you. Um, and then you hear a voice calling out from the shadows uh, to the north. Um, he calls out, no, you're not the one we're looking for, but you better surrender too. Paul. Yes. I have a red candle. Yes. Do ya? <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> Your red candle is, is here floating yes. in the room right now. And it, right, now right now, my red candle is doing the spell light. Yes. I am wondering if I were to do the spell daylight in here, would it backlight people enough that they wouldn't have a clear shot? I see. You're hoping to like blind them yes. for a second? Uh-huh. Um, well, I tell you what, that's a great idea. And we can make a constitution save for this guy or anybody who is maybe going to make a move. And we'll say, because it's a great idea and I love it, if they fail a constitution save, we'll say constitution save 13. Uh, if they fail that save, then they have disadvantage on any attack actions for one round. Okay. Does that sound good? Yes. Yeah, so what I will do then is I will, I will whisper to Nilla and I'll say, when you see the light, make for the tailor shop. And then I'm going to cast, have the candle do daylight. Okay. And, and right now the candle is kind of positioned toward the back of the room. So it should kind of, I would move it to the front so that it would kind of, shine out and and maybe make it harder to see well no or should i leave it back behind i think the backlight thing i don't know man i don't know enough about light <laughs> it's weird because i use it every day <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna say that this has to happen soon so where are you gonna put yeah, it yeah i'm just gonna keep it where it's at try to kind of okay. just so that way none of my allies are facing it but they are all but the other guys are all facing it okay okay all right then the the red candle flashes and flares super bright. How long does the daylight last? Uh, it, daylight is one hour. One hour. And it's not concentration. Okay. All right. Suddenly, this bright light comes emitting from this red candle. No, that can't be right. Yeah. One hour. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, daylight's a okay. daylight's a powerful spell. It's great to use against like vampires and stuff. Um, okay, light emits from this red candle. It it uh, bathes uh, you guys in its light. Um, and now Nari, you can make out in the in the glow of this uh, light. You can make out a couple more figures out in the shadows. I like making out in the glow of the light. <laughs> you can you can make out in the shadows. Um, what I need as is, soon as the light flares up, everybody sees your hair really clearly, and they're like, "Oh, oh man, you got to get that fixed, girl." <laughs> I can't believe we didn't notice until just now. Let's have everybody roll initiative. All right, Nari rolled a nineteen. Paul, yeah, I'm looking at your initiative tracker, and it's very yeah. intimidating. Yeah, that initiative tracker is pretty long. Yes, yes, it is. So Pine rolled a natural 20 for a 24. Nice. And Ebby rolled a four. So kind of like we're twinsies, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had an idea, but now I can't say it until my turn. Hmm. Which will be at what initiative, Joff? Joff rolled a 15. All right. This is going to be a crazy thing because there are so many different unique people. We're going to need backgrounds and motivations for all of these people. <laughs> oh, I've got names. At least I've got names. <laughs> I'm just right. teasing you. Okay, He's only going to have... get background for the people we kill to make us feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. I have all the initiatives in. I forgot to describe one thing about when I cast daylight. Okay. Okay. This red candle. This big flame about the size of a person goes out about five feet, burns for a little bit, and then everything lights up and then the flame goes away. <laughs> and then you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it burns away a bush and you find another secret passage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So looking at the initiative tracker, it looks like Pine, you are up first. Okay, well, I just did my thing, but that's awesome. So um, can I point to Bordemus across the way yeah. and to the blue person that we have never got their name yet? Okay. And I'm, going, and I'm just going to say, take her and go, kind of like a stage whisper so they can't hear me out there. Um, okay. And then uh, Pine is going to leap over a table in the middle of the room and come over here so that he's um, flanking the passage right next to Nari um, okay. so that he has cover. Um, can't, nobody can really see him and he can't see anybody else, but he's ready to strike if anybody starts coming through that hallway. All right. And so are you going to like ready an action or anything like that? Yes, I am. I'm going to ready an attack as soon as I see, um, somebody aggressively coming through that hallway. Okay. With my saber. All right. Very good. Nari with your 19. Go ahead. What are you going to do? Uh, so Nari's going to do a similar thing to Pine where she she pulls out her axe and she kind of readies an action in case someone, you know, comes close to her. But she's just going to shout out, hey, we don't want any trouble. Back off a little bit. What do you guys want? OK. And then you hear a female voice call back in with a with an accent. She says, we want you to surrender. Drop your weapons and come on out. That's not going to happen. Yeah, so then this person is going to, you can't tell what's going on, but there's some movement in the dark. Um, maybe you, <laughs> and then it is now going to be the blue guy's turn. The blue guy looks at Bordemus and he says, I can get her out of here. I can get her out of here and safe. And then Bordemus nods. 
And then the blue guy, uh, he runs down to Nar uh, to Nilla, and he grabs her around the waist, and he looks back at you guys. He says, I- "I'm sorry, I'm not a fighter." And then there is he does some motion with his hands, and there is like a big, almost like he touches the air in front of him, and it ripples out like water. He grabs Nilla, and he leaps through it, and then they are both gone. And there goes two of your allies. <laughs> All right, this guy with the bow, he is going to take a shot. He had a, um, he is blinded, so he is going to take a couple of shots at Nari. Let's see if he can hit you, Nari, since you are the clear target. So the first shot is going to be definitely a miss. I believe that is a 10. That misses. The second shot is going to be a, uh, that's that's not good either. That's a 13. Neither of those hit. Yeah, two two arrows go wide. And that brings us now to Joff. All right. Joff is going to poke his head around the corner and kind of glance into the room, not stepping okay. uh, through Nari, but just to kind of get a better look at it. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to say, this was a private engagement. And then he's going to flip the switch to close the door. And I'm going to try my hardest to break it closed. Okay, so um, the the switch is over on the other end of the room. So uh, you uh, you peek in there. You say your you say your line, and you go over to grab the the lever. So you can easily flip it to close the door. Now you're going to try to break it. I need a strength check. I'm not very good at this, but uh, perhaps my my ancestor spirit will give me a little bit of a hand. I thought rogues were pretty much good at everything. I rolled a 12, but wait. So um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of look around and say, hey, hey, Squire, give me a hand on this one. OK, and I rolled an eight. So that puts it to a 20 to try and break the mechanism. Let me see. Um, As you grab that lever and you start pulling on it as hard as you can suddenly squire appears with his um, beret and his page boy haircut and he kind of you only you can hear his voice but you just hear this like oh we're doing this now and he puts his hands on yours and you don't feel any like actual like physical strength but somehow like his his presence um it like you don't feel his power you feel more like you have more power if that makes any sense there's like mm-hmm. a psychic strength to you that you then are able to break that lever and the lever actually comes off in your hands with your total of 20 awesome anything else you want to do or is that your whole turn i'm going to look at the group and say sorry not willing to die for this yet well that will bring us then to nilla who is gone then we have 1 2 3 4 people who don't who you don't know what they're doing and then we have bordemus and he says well that should buy us some time so which way up or down and then that brings us to one more person and last but not least we have ebby i don't relish the idea of going deeper down underground but if they're less likely to follow us we could try that I, it, would it be possible to lose them up on the streets anything's possible yeah, I'm just directing that to the whole group. I don't know if we have time for a big discussion. This is all happening like right now. Okay, well then here, then we'll go back to the next round. Pine, it is your turn. <laughs> you heard Abby ask that question. My vote is to lead them farther down. See if we can't um, use some of the obstacles down there to our advantage. 
And by obstacles, I mean rotten flesh creatures that want to eat our brains and everything. And what are you going to do with your turn? Um, I'm going to... So was that entrance to the south? We we talked about where they were. I'm trying to remember where they were. The entrance to the south, the hallway to the south is what takes you to the um, ladder up and the ladder down. Okay. They're both over there. All right. So um, I'll I'll say to Bordemus, I'll say, um, grab any documents or things that you'll need. Nari, help me with this table. And then um, Pine is going to go over to the table in the middle of the room. And he will um, wait to give the help action, basically trying to move the table as put it as a barricade in that hall as well. So something else to get in their way. Okay. And I'm going to have Nari help me, hopefully, because I probably can't lift it by myself because it's probably solid mahogany. That's a word. (laughs) It is. It is mahogany. How did you know? All right. uh, It is now Nari's turn. Yeah. Nari will come back with Pine and help him shove that table in front of the door for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you make a strength check uh, with advantage? Oh, man. 16. 16. Oh, yeah. You guys get that table. It, it, you actually start to slide it. It, it gets bound up on the, uh, on the carpet a little bit, but you manage to push past it, and then you slide the table all the way, wedge it into this little, um, this little entranceway. So now if they can get that door open again, there will be a table that they're going to have to contend with. And it also might block the door a little bit as well. So you have a couple of different things now in the way and that now, did you want to say anything before it's somebody else's turn? Because the clock is ticking. The people on the outside of this room are doing things. I mean, I'm going to agree with um, everyone else and say that we should go downstairs. I think up, like going up to the street just is going to invite soldiers. Okay. All right. Uh, and then that brings us to actually, so is everybody in agreement that you guys want to go south? Or go down? I think so. Matt's not in agreement, but Pine sure thinks that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joff is really concerned about everything happening right now. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Um, Bordemus says, yes, of course, let's go. So we are going to leave initiative. There's one all more that thing work. Joff wants to do before we leave this area. Okay. At, so he'll leave last and I'm going to use, um, I'm going to lay out the ball bearings in the hallway to the south behind okay. me as I go so to make it difficult terrain um, leading up to the ladder. Okay. All right. Well. And then Pine will grab his candle as well, which the daylight actually stays in this room, even though I have my candle. Oh, right. Yeah. The daylight stays with the, uh, with the, uh, um, with the it's, it's where I cast the effect, yeah, yeah. Before we leave this room, too, Ebby wants to cast a spell in here before we head deeper in. Okay, sure. What spell do you want to cast? I'm going to do conjure animals, and I'm going okay. to conjure eight giant wolf spiders. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, spider butt rope. Oh, oh my man. gosh! Oh, they, they unfortunately don't have the web spell ability i mean if there were a web then they have a bunch of benefits to that but they don't have like the ability to create web but they do additional poison damage on top of their attacks and they can stay on the ceilings and the walls and all over the place what does that look like when you when you summon a swarm of eight giant wolf spiders um so i imagine as everybody's kind of shuffling their way down the corridor ebby kind of backs and makes room, you know, kind of in this space. And then he kind of 
holds his arms, both of them out to the side, you know, widens his stance and then kind of plunges his hands down into the ground. And this kind of shockwave of green energy comes out and then out of the stone comes kind of crawling, like almost like it's being birthed out of the rock are these kind of wolf spiders made of like stone and rock and earth. Awesome. That is so metal. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. As you guys, uh, you guys all kind of uh, prepare to leave. Uh, Bordemus goes up to the north alcove and he grabs like some sacks of looks like sacks of money and a couple of weapons. And then he motions you guys down to the south tunnel. He's like, let's go, let's go. And as you guys are leaving, um, I guess, Ebby, you create these these wolf spiders and then Joff spreads out his ball bearings. And then you see that there is a there's a trap door that uh, covers a ladder going down and there's also a ladder going up and you can see a like a trap door in the ceiling um, uh, high up above you um, but you go down and as you oh, go down into what's it called a chute I guess um, that, that that the ladder goes down eventually it opens out into this small narrow hallway that um just kind of winds a little bit and then there is um a brick wall in front of you and bordemus says um after this point i don't really know my way around here but i know that this this wall moves this is kind of a, a hidden entrance to get back into the chamber of the wilted rose and then he um he kind of pushes it open there's no mechanism or anything it's literally just a false wall that he pushes open and you guys uh, stumble out into what looks like another kind of another tomb there are four sarcophagi in this room you see that across the way from where you came in you guys came in on the western wall there is actually on the eastern wall there's a staircase going up and then on the southern wall it looks like there's a staircase going back down and then kind of in the northwest corner it looks like there's a hallway that goes deeper into these caverns and you guys are now in this room if anything wakes in here and comes after us, see if we can't leave them here to, to deal with our pursuers. I think that speed should be our concern right now. Agreed. Anybody have like a natural good sense of direction? <laughs> I believe I do, actually. My wanderer feet says that I can. Um, let's see. Excellent memory for maps and geography. Oh, maybe not. Well, you kind of um, just with your twists and turns, I'd say that you'd kind of know generally where you are in in um, relationship to the city above. And you'd be able to get our, find our way back if we needed to backtrack too. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, and it looks like, um, Ebby, uh, as far as where you're at, I mean, yeah, this room, this is a room with four sarcophagi in it. There's a staircase going down. You have no idea where that would go to. But the staircase on the eastern wall that kind of goes up, it looks like that that's in the direction of Everly Park. Now, the staircase is um, not like going up to like a like a um, a doorway that leads out up above or anything like that. It's it's just like a staircase that goes up to another part of these uh, of these tunnels under the city. But it looks like that's in the general direction of Everly Park. Got it. Well, why don't we why don't we try and head this way? I think this would lead us back towards the park. So as good a choice as any. Lead the way. Well, maybe I should lead the way. Yes, you can lead the way. Pine will lead the way. Okay, fine. <laughs> As you are um, heading towards those stairs, I just need you to make a quick. Uh, um, well, what's your what's your passive perception actually? It's a thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Um, so yeah. So as you approach these stairs, you see that it is a wide, like ten foot wide staircase, and it um, 
it heads up into uh, regions unknown. But as you start going up the stairs, talk amongst yourselves. So, uh, how are things? <laughs> it reminds me of the Skyrim crypts, is what I keep thinking of. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to fight Draugr down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I keep thinking we're going to have a Goonies moment where we're going to like come up through the fountain in the park. Guys, guys, it's our time down here. <laughs> it's their time up there. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the surprise. No, I'm just I don't think I've watched the Goonies in over 20 years. It's been a minute. Nari, you Goonie. <laughs> Goonies never say die. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys head up these stairs and you guys climb for quite a quite a ways, probably about uh, 40 or 50 feet, um, like heading kind of up at like a 45 degree angle. And then you come out into this other kind of tomb uh, tomb esque room. You can see that in here, this room, it looks like on the north wall. Again, you are entering from the western wall and the north wall has three alcoves for sarcophagi and the south wall has two. It looks like at the end of this room, the far east end of the room, there is a hallway heading south. It looks like there's some um, collapsed walls in here. There's lots of rubble and you do see um, in the center of the room, there are some bones as well as a couple of kind of skeletons, uh, dead bodies that are uh, on the walls. And I want everyone to make perception checks, please. Pine got a 12. Joff got a 24. Nari got a 10. Ebby also got a 10. We're twinning. Hi-o. As you guys enter this room, you see these piles of bones. And your first thought, I imagine, is, oh, great. These bones are going to start moving and they're going to start attacking us. Um, but uh, Joff, you... You you see something different. It's not that the bones are moving. You see it looks like some sort of a shape kind of um, waving in the wind, I guess you could say, like some kind of like fabric or something in kind of this pile of, of, uh, of, uh, of a fallen wall. And um, uh, because, Joff, you rolled so high on your perception, um, the specters that appear in the room are not going to get a surprise round on you. Oh, <laughs> as soon as they show up, Pine's like, your food is that way. And he's going to point west. <laughs> OK, so these these um, these kind of ghost like apparitions, they uh, they appear in um, they kind of start f uh, coming out of these different piles of bones and out of this uh, fallen rock wall. And um, you see one that comes out of one of the sarcophagi and he looks a di little bit different, a little more substantial, a little more angry. All right, let's roll initiative again, guys. Well, Pine didn't do as well this time. He got a 10. Yeah, neither did Joff. Yeah, Nari got a 9. Joff got a 12. And Ebby got a 6. I don't know that I've ever rolled higher than a 10 for my initiative rolls. Ebby is just a very unprepared, uncoordinated individual. That's all. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, um, it looks like it is time to start this encounter. And first to go is this big nasty, brutal looking specter. And actually he's not even a specter at all. He is going to let out a shriek and you hear this hiss of a voice and it comes, it comes through all of your less through your ears and more into your brain. And it says, 
Why have you come to disturb our rest? And it is going to lash out at Nari. Not very polite to ask a question and not wait for an answer. This is true. All right. No, it is not very polite at all. All right. You are going to be attacked. Uh, let's see. I believe it is only one time. Um, does an 18 hit you, Nari? Yes. 18 hits you. Okay, Nari, you are going to take. Oh, my goodness. 24 damage. Well, that is not Whoa. great. And I, need, and I need you to make a constitution save. All right. I got a nat 20 for 25 on the constitution save. So that's something. Okay. Well, congratulations. With your natural 20, you do not lose permanently those 24 hit points. And we'll say since you actually did roll a natural 20, we'll say that you are immune to this life drain attack for the rest of the day. So I still lost the 24 points? You did, but it didn't deduct from your maximum hit points like what happened to Ebby in our last session. Gotcha. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. That's something. <laughs> that is that is something. All right. Well, let's bring on Joff. It's your turn. <sighs> Joff is going to grumble and say, we weren't trying to disturb your rest. We're trying to make our way through these crypts. And I will step forward and say, and don't hit my friend. And I will strike at this one with my short sword at the the more corporeal specter. Yeah, the more angry, beefy one. Yeah, I rolled a 15 to hit. Okay, a 15 does hit. Yes. Oh, cool. So I got 10 piercing damage and then 12 precision for a total of 22. And is that a magical weapon? It is a magical weapon. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to bonus action. Step away. <laughs> Disengage. <laughs> and hide! <laughs> Run away! That's right. All right. Okay, Pine, you are up. You have, I should have described this a little bit better. There are four of these lesser specters, and there is this one big mean one, which we'll call a wraith. Okay. Um, Pine will say, remember everyone, push through. And actually, Pine is going to take the disengage action. Okay. And he is so that he will not draw attacks of opportunity as he weaves through these ghosts. So he'll move. I think he'll be able to. Let's see. He'll be able to make it clear back to the back hall past them. OK. And he's and he's going to basically say and he's going to turn around and face everybody and say, come on down the hall. OK. And that's your turn. I don't know if it was a good turn, but it was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> You're committed now. <laughs> Then, Nari, it is your turn. Okay, well, Nari is going to um, swing at this guy while saying, like, look, we just want to get through here. We don't want to hurt you. Um, but she is still going to swing with her great axe uh, for a nine to hit. That misses. And a ten to hit. That one actually just goes right through his body. It seems like your axe just can't quite get purchase on his on his ethereal form. All right. Yikes. Yeah. Then it's Bordemus' turn. Bordemus draws a long sword and he's going to step up to this big guy as well. And he's going to take two shots with his long sword. So let's see. He rolls a six and a 15. So the 15 is going to hit. And the damage that he does is he does 10 damage. And again, it just looks like it just does not does not do as much damage as you would expect. Okay. 
it slices through. You can tell that it affected this wraith, but not not any kind of substantial damage. All right, that brings us to Ebby. Okay, um, I think Ebby is going to say, I think Master Pine has the right idea here. And I'm going to try to go ahead and move through here around all of these guys. And then with my bonus action, I'm going to use Erdos's word on Nari and say, come on, Nari, let's go. And heal Nari for eight. Nice. Thank you. All right. And now that brings us to the Wraith's turn. They each get one attack and they don't hit as easily. Uh, sorry, the, the Spectre's turn. They don't hit as hard or as, as easily as the Wraith does. But we're going to have one of them is going to go towards Joff. One of them is going to go towards Bordemus. One of them is going to go towards Ebby. And one of them is going to go towards Pine. So you each get an attack coming at you. And we will see who gets hit. So we'll start with Joff. Joff, does a an eight hit you? An eight does not hit me. Okay. Bordemus, does a... 12 hits you. No. Uh, Bordemus has a shield and he's wearing chain mail, just so you guys are aware. Uh, Ebby, does a 23 hit you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And you are going to take 13 necrotic damage. Of course. And then make a constitution save. Absolutely. Difficulty 10. Ooh, finally. A good constitution save. I rolled a 23. Okay. Yeah. So um, you you take the damage, but it does not take away from your maximum hit points. Okay. Hallelujah. And last but not least, we have Pine. Man, this half plate is full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Pine. Uh, I'm guessing that a five does not hit you. Nope. Okay. And we are back up to the top. We have the Wraith's turn. And then he kind of hisses out again. He says. Why are you leaving so soon? And then he is going to go either for Bordemus or Nari. Let's see. He is going for Nari. Nari, how about a 19? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that hits. Okay. Well, the good news is, is you're immune to the life drain effect, but you still take the damage. All right. And you take uh, 22 damage. All right. I'm down. Oh, oh no. Shoot shoot okay thank goodness you were immune to that because um although it could have been an insta kill maybe could have been an insta kill because i gave you immunity to the life drain that effect is not going to take place you will be making death saves as normal man my nat 20s are really coming in clutch (laughs) everybody (laughs) else will need to uh be aware of the life drain technique okay joff it's your turn you've got a Little uh, little specter right in front of you. <sighs> Joff is going to step away from the specter. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay. I'm just going to dance around it so I'm still engaged with him. I'm going to take a healing potion and I'm going to um, bend over and kind of with my foot kind of open up Nari's mouth and pour it in. Okay. And then take a strike at the specter. The uh, the big guy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nari, you got seven hit points right there. Feeling great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet. So then I, I struck at the Spectre for a 17 to hit. 
that hits. And I did um, 11 piercing damage, and then... Um, oh my gosh, you Yahtzee'd your sneak attack damage. Yeah, dude. you did. I, is, oh, is that all sixes? It's yeah. all sixes. Okay, so then I got an 18 on uh, precision for a total of 29 damage there. Oh my goodness. If my Jeez. math is correct... Um, okay, let me, let me do the math. 29 plus 20... What's 29 plus 27? Is that 56? Yeah, yeah, 56. Okay, that was a huge hit. This guy, this wraith that has just knocked Nari down, and then he kind of looks confused because Nari is not reacting like he would expect, and then you just come in and you just hit him really, really hard. All right, Pine, it's your turn. There is a a, a specter in front of you, this, uh, this lesser ghostly apparition in front of you, kind of, I mean, blocking the, 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 the hallway to the south. Um, he, after he, as he chased after you, he kind of is blocking that, that hallway. Okay. Pine will say, damn it, field marshal, sir, I ask your aid. And he's going to toss out Kenig's S-talk toward the wraith. Okay. Uh, with an 18 to hit. Uh, towards the big bad dude, huh? Towards the big bad dude. Yep. He wants to get out of here, but he figures taking out the big bad guy will, uh, hopefully clear, help clear a better path to escape. Well, let's roll some damage for Kenig, for Kenig's S-talk. That would be nine uh, force damage. Oh, man. That is, uh, this dude is hurting real bad. He is, um, you can see he's becoming even less corporeal. His, he's starting to wisp. He's like, it's like he's losing fog as, as he keeps getting hit. And his, his body seems to be kind of shrinking in stature. All right. So then uh, after, after casting out Kenig's S-talk, I'll look at the, uh, specter in front of me and i'll say um be gone our fight's not with you and then i will attack once with my uh saber for 25 to hit that hits with seven piercing damage and that is magical okay yeah it looks like it you feel it gain purchase yeah and then my next attack will be an 18 to hit that hits for 10 additional piercing damage yeah, this guy is already starting to like bleed off um, mist and energy. Okay, Nari, you your eyes flutter open. You see this wraith, this kind of what was once big and mean and nasty now has kind of shrunken in size. He seems more see-through. Um, you can actually see Kenig's Estoc floating behind it. Um, and you are on the ground. What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to stand up and honestly, I'm just going to disengage and, uh, follow Pine and Ebby. Okay. So I'll come up here and I'll go, I guess I can probably go to about there. I think, uh, I think you get a little bit further. You could probably get all the way over to here. All the way over there to here. So you okay. are now, um, kind of, uh, um, over by Pine. You can see that there's a, um, you know, there's this specter in front of you. And then there's another one that's kind of harassing Ebby. Um, all right. That brings us now to Bordemus. Bordemus has a specter next to him and a wraith. He is going to take two attacks. His first attack, because he sees that this um, big bad wraith is uh, is is uh, hurting a lot. He's going to take an attack against the wraith first. Um, and with a 23, that hits. And he is going to deal a whopping five damage halved to two damage, which is... Enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, good boy. <laughs> the wraith disperses. The wraith kind of, he, his sword strikes through it. Um, it just gains just that little last little edge of, of whatever kind of consciousness and flesh or whatever 
corporeal part of this wraith still existed and it just disperses to the four winds. Okay, his second attack, he's going to turn and attack this uh, this lesser specter that is next to him uh, with a with a 14, and that also hits. And then he is going to deal that guy, he's going to deal that guy 10 damage. Good job, Bordemus. Is he staying where he's at, or is he going to start moving toward us as well? Uh, he'll start, yeah, that's a good good point. He'll move around um, the, the, uh, the specter, but he's not going to leave its kind of threat range. So he's just kind of, kind of getting closer to you guys. All right. Ebby, you're up. Okay. Ebby will kind of throw his cloak to the side and stick one of his legs forward and stomp it to the ground and say, always, I want to be with you. And (laughs) the magical (laughs) unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. The magical unicorn will come like neighing and will erupt out of his breastplate and like jump into the middle of the room. And shake his glorious mane. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then Ebby is also going to use a Erdos's touch on himself. Okay. <laughs> so he's like rubbing himself while this is happening, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's saying, always, I want to be with me. <laughs> he's talking to himself. Yeah, he's doing he's doing the Austin Powers rubbing his nipples. <laughs> oh, All right. I healed myself for nine. And then everybody gets healed for an additional, I think it's six. Yeah, it's your level. Yeah. Yeah, it's my level. Yeah. Okay. So then my question would be is, does the unicorn have any effect on undead in the area? No, it's just that it is, it gives advantage to detecting uh, creatures that might be hidden. Awesome. Okay. Good round, Ebby. We have now got the four um, specters are going to make their attacks against different targets so joff you're getting attacked first how about a natural 20 Uh oh i guess that'll hit (laughs) oh no all right um he is going to make his attack of 3d6 necrotic damage doubled as a critical hit uh that is going to be 16 (laughs) and you're gonna make a constitution save okay i got a three on my constitution save then your maximum hit points is now decreased by 16. Oof. Well, that wasn't very nice of you. (laughs) Bordemus is going to get attacked, (laughs) um, but that is only going to be a nine to hit. Um, Let's see. Ebby, you're getting attacked again for a... Oh my gosh, your poor half plate. I'm so sorry. He rolled a natural 18, which is a 22 to hit. If you could quit rolling like 17s, 18s, and 19s, that would be appreciated. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, that's 14 (laughs) damage. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, and, uh, and and this is the easy fight. You guys ran away from the harder fight. And Nari, the last uh, specter, is going to attack you instead of Pine uh, because you're both kind of in its threat range. And he gets a seven. That, that's a miss. Okay. Nice. All right. That brings us now to Joff. <sighs> All right. Joff is going to disengage and run across the room. And stand next to uh, Mr. Pine and Nari. As he's running through the specter, he's kind of just like slashing at it to get through to his friends. Okay, perfect. Make an attack. Nat 20. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and this this, this uh, specter that you ran through is, is definitely um, being threatened by some of your allies. So that's a critical, that's a uh, sneak attack. I roll. I did 37 damage. Okay, you killed him in one hit. You ran by and you just you just slash him with uh, your short sword Kira, and it just 
disperses like you just slice it in two and this uh this specter is no more can i just say that from ebby's perspective joff was moving in slow-mo in like in like a trail of glorious light with his hair <laughs> flowing in the wind oh yeah ebby well, looking he... googly eyed at him as he would you say he looked like a king oh yeah he was very kingly <laughs> oh golly that's a very good point all oh, right man you know, okay. these, these could have been subjects of my ancestors. These could have been your ancestors. Well, you've certainly subjugated these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that brings us now to Pine. So first, I'll go ahead and do my Kenning's S talk. It's still um, next to one of the specters, the specter over there by Sir Bordemus. So I will do Kenning's S talk attack. Uh, a 19 to hit. That hits. For 11 force damage on this specter. Oh, man. And this this specter looks like it's barely hanging on. Like it's its body is pretty much withered away and is gone. And there's like just one arm left trying to claw at Sir Bordemus. OK. Um, and then Pine himself will again, looking at the specter that did not move, um, he'll say, can't you see you've lost this fight? And then I will attack with my saber. OK. Uh, first attack is an is a. Uh, I think I, you know, I already used my. I already used my ability to add a 10. So that's just a nine. That is a miss. My second attack will be a 10. And that is also a miss. Nari, it is your turn. You have this specter right in front of you. You know that there's two more behind you um, that are kind of harassing Bordemus and uh, they'll probably start harassing you soon as well. But there's one right in front of you that Pine just missed twice. Yeah, I'm going to go for that one that's in front of us blocking our way. And I'm going to swing with a nat 20 on my great axe. Awesome. That's a great. So I rolled a 16 damage. So that's what, 30, 32? Yeah, so I'm looking here. You rolled a 12 for your damage plus four. So that's 24 plus four, which is actually gotcha. 28 damage uh, halved because it's not magical. So that's still 14 damage. And that is more than enough to um, delete this uh, specter from existence. Okay. Deleted. Cool. <laughs> we should get a sound effect for our nat 20s. We should. That's a great idea. <laughs> so I have a whole library of 8-bit sounds that we can pick from. Yeah, remember I oh. said that the coin get sounds great. Ding! <laughs> coin get. <laughs> All right, so Nara, you have one more attack if you want to take it, and you also have a move. Um, yeah, I will. I will run back to um, what is the the red guy's name? Bordemus. Bordemus. The coolest name ever. It is actually a good name. Uh, Bordemus. I will run back and I will help him out with this uh, this specter here. So that's a fifteen to hit. All right, that's a hit. This is the one that's just basically just a hand left. Cool. So I got an eight to okay. damage. Yeah, awesome. And that's four damage, but that's more than enough. He only had one hit point left. And now there is another um, specter that just kind of disappears. All right. And that brings us now to Bordemus. There is one specter left in this room. And Sir Bordemus... Um, gathering courage from what you guys have done and seeing your strength as well as this um, incredibly sexy majestic unicorn he is going to rush forward and attack the last wraith the one that is until i mean uh, still uh, as of yet untouched stick with the plan damn it <laughs> he is going to get a 19 and a 10 so he hits one time and he is going to deal 
11 damage have to five. And that brings us now to Ebby. Ebby is still staring at Joff, reaches out and touches him and says, you saved me. And I'm going to do Erdos's touch on Joff. I don't need it. No, I thought you... Uh... I'm only missing one hit point because my max is like 16 less. Oh, well, then I'm touching myself while I'm also touching you. <laughs> That's so disturbing. <laughs> Joff, you're so you're so powerful. <laughs> like, so you go. So you go. You saved me. Reach out your hand to Joff and then quickly turn back and start touching yourself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, you said last time that this is more like. Uh, OK, never mind. We don't need to go there. All right. <laughs> it's a very confusing time for Ebby. That's all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he will heal himself for the five from Erdos's touch, and then everybody will get the additional six um, from the unicorn. Fantastic. All right. And th- I will have that be my turn. Okay. All right. That brings us now to Joff. Did you skip the specter? As a matter of fact, I did skip the specter. Thank you for being honest. The specter is going to lash out at Sir Bordemus. And he is going to do 10, and that is a miss. And the specter is going to start wandering its way closer to you guys, not leaving the threat range of Subordimus, but still it's going to move a little closer to you guys as it kind of hisses and screeches in your direction. The the wraith could actually speak. These specters don't appear to have enough like willpower or fortitude to actually be able to make noise. Uh, but they are coming at you, and you hear this kind of wheezing screech coming at you. So Joff will uh, hold his hand out and say, Squire, I need that disc thing and uh, throw the ancestral chakram for a 16 to hit. He does not appear this time. It's just in your hand. Okay. Okay. A 16 will hit for six damage. Okay. And then I'll um, it'll reappear in my hand and I'll throw it again this time for 24 to hit. Okay. For another six damage. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so you throw it with your right hand, and then all of a sudden it's in your left hand. You throw it with your left hand um, as your offhand attack. Fantastic. Awesome. Did you want to stay put? Do you want to move? I'll stay put for now. Okay. All right. And Mr. Pine. Okay. Uh, Pine will say, well, I guess he's not taking the hint either. And he will uh, move around his allies up next to this wraith, um, and then also bring his S-talk up to attack it as well. So we'll start with Koenig's S-talk. Okay. Um, that's an 18 to hit. That hits. For 10 force damage. That This guy is gone. Okay. Cue victory music. Yay. Ski, bop, boop, boop, boop. I love that victory music. It's so great. Um, I gotta I gotta be honest though when I re-listen to the episodes and then the victim music actually kicks in it surprises me every time (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) so Jaff is real quick gonna walk over to the skeleton where the wraith came out of and just look and see if there's anything of note on that dead body um so the dead body it looks like it actually was wearing um sort of uh, normal clothes um as in like cloth not like armor or anything like that um and uh you can make a an investigation check if you'd like to uh got a 19 for investigation 
All right, so as you're looking through, um, you can see that these clothes were at one point nice, um, but they're, um, they are not um, obviously in any kind of condition that anybody would want them. But you do find that the clothes have um, like the buttons on them are gold and they are solid gold buttons. So this person was somebody who was um, probably very um, influential or wealthy or maybe even royal. You figure that those buttons, if you were to sell them, you could probably get well, easily 20 gold for those six buttons. Okay. Joff will pocket the buttons and okay. then look around at everybody else. Pine will head over to Nari and say, Nari, that was a huge hit you took. Are you feeling okay? And I'm going to give you 15 points of commander's morale. That's 15 hit, points of healing. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. that. That helps a lot. So just to confirm with everyone, we're, to, we're, we're trying to run and avoid combat as much as possible, correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> that was the plan. So let's, let's continue moving. Yeah, and if, as soon as we can, I say we get back up to street level. Agreed. Can we, can we hear anything happening, like, above us? Uh, like, Ebby's spiders and, and the people above, can we hear anything? Like, back the way you came? Why don't you make a perception check? Uh, with disadvantage, just because of distance. Uh, Eleven. Uh, you can't hear anything. You can you can hear just like um, a little drip, drip, drip coming from somewhere. Um, you can hear um, just kind of you can almost feel a little bit of wind coming from somewhere as well. Um, it seems like the wind might be coming from this hallway that's over on the eastern wall. Um, but really, you can't hear anything. Well, honestly, do we need to continue further? Could we try to hide here, maybe in like the corners by the sarcophaguses and see if we're pursued i'm having a flashback of nari hiding by dropping down into the grass with her butt in the air i believe there was another time where you hid and you just hid under a desk but you were so big that the desk actually rose up off the ground uh yeah but it worked <laughs> the deacons did walk right past you that's true i say we get onto the street level as quickly as we can i think that's a wise idea Ebby, can you still feel those spiders? Are they still holding the fort up there? Are they still around? Uh, let me check and see. I Is that a concentration spell? It was a concentration spell, and I took quite a bit of damage, so... Well, why don't you make... just Let's have you make uh, two concentration checks, just to see. Okay. Alrighty. And we'll say... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So, okay. first one was 18, and... So that's fine. Next roll is a 12. Um, we'll say that they're still going. They are still up there. Um, I don't know what kind of a link you have to them, but you can tell that there are fewer than when you first created them. Got it. They're holding the fort, although they appear to be in combat because th it feels fainter. It feels like they're dropping. Mortimus says, well, if that's the case, then we'd best be moving. Agreed. Let's move quickly. Pine will take point again. If you lose connection to them, do you, do you have the ability to summon more and... Leave more in their way? I do, in fact. I've been burning through some of my magical reserves, and some of my some of my lesser spells are becoming a bit more taxed, but I've been reserving some pools of more extensive magical energy just for that purpose. Okay. Um, Pine, Pine is going to actually... Um, he's going, going to... Uh, enter his uh, frigid retribution stance as well as he's, uh, you know, taking point here. And he'll, so he'll say the frozen blade spells disaster, frigid retribution stance. 
So I got five, 10 hit points. All right. So what's your guys' marching order? It looks like Pine was in the front, correct? Yes. Okay. Bordemus says he'll take the, he'll, he'll bring up the rear. I'll go after Pine. Ebby will go after Pine. Okay. I'll follow pretty close too, since I can't see. And Joff will be uh, right after Nari. And the red candle will be up in the front with Pine, I'm guessing. Yeah. Basically, yeah, basically, I'm just kind of bringing it in front of me. And anytime we, we get into combat, it just it just drops it. Got it. You guys move down this hallway. So this hallway, it's on the western wall, but it immediately turns to the um, immediately turns to the south. And as you guys go down this hallway, it opens up after about 25, 30 feet into this another large open kind of open chamber with more sarcophagi in it. Um, this one looks very old. Um, why don't you guys make uh, some perception checks? That's a 14 for Pine. Nari got a 12. Ebby got a 10. Joff got a 20. Okay. So um, it looks like uh, Pine, you can tell um, with your 14, it looks like there's actually, as you enter this room, there are multiple sarcophagi around. There is actually some columns in the middle of the room that kind of break up your vision, your line of sight. Um, but you can you can detect that there are, you and Joff both can detect that there are like um, roots uh, that have broken into this room uh, from um, through the walls. So like these large tree roots and um, as uh, you guys are looking around the room a little bit, you see um, that the hallway that you came down, basically just about 10 feet uh, to the east, there's another hallway that goes back up to the north. And this one is full of, of roots and things and not, not blocking the pathway, but um, definitely roots have been uh, coming through these walls. And there it seems like you're somewhere where there's a lot of vegetation. You're underneath somewhere where there's a lot of vegetation, which would make sense to Ebby considering that he was fairly certain you guys were heading in the direction of Everly, um, Ever of the Everly park. Okay. Pine is going to use the skill that he forgot he had um, his trained senses uh, again, okay. trying to detect any uh, undead within 60 feet that are not behind total cover. Okay. And you don't have to make a roll for that. That just happens, right? Yep. Four times per long rest. Um, in this room, you do not detect any undead. You do detect a faint scent of restlessness, but not any active undead at this point, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, Pine will say, I think we're safe from any of the undead here, but go ahead and kick some of the sarcophagus. See if you can wake something up as we pass. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not a joke. I mean, Mortimus goes, uh, "Are you serious?" Joff will walk forward to the one that was directly in front of him. Okay, and try and open the lid. Okay, Mortimus starts kicking on another one over, kind of off to the west. Quickly, and then we should be on our way. Can am I able to push the lid off? Um, make a strength check. Uh, nine. That was a nat twenty. Oh no, no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Minus one. Yeah, minus one. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah, you managed to pull this lid off and with a loud thunk, it comes crashing down to the ground because you can slide it off, but you have no way of lowering it down um, slowly. <laughs> right. Um, but you look inside and you see that there is like these desiccated remains in there in like a, a, a reposed position with arms across its chest. Um, it looks like this figure was wearing some kind of armor. It looks kind of ornate. There's a sword across the chest of this of this figure. Bordemus is just kicking one um, over there and you guys are trying to wake up some undead, huh? It looks like just so you guys are aware, this room, it looks like there's one way out of this room, at least at your first glance. And it is the hallway um, that kind of heads back up to the north. Um, 
that's that's kind of clogged with roots a little bit. Does the armor and weapon in this chest appear to be like rusted and like worn? Uh, the armor does, but the sword does not. It looks like it's very finely made. The scabbard has kind of rotted away, but the sword itself still looks relatively clean. Okay, Jeff will grab the sword and put okay. it um, on his, you know, on his, on his back, and then uh, run out the room with everybody okay. else. Are you asking to get cursed? <laughs> <laughs> you told me to wake something up. Uh, Pine, after after kicking one or two of the sarcophagi, Pine will. Uh, just head toward that hall with all the roots in it. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a luck check, okay? So, um, Pine, you said you kicked two sarcophagi. So yeah, I need you to make oh two God. D20 rolls. On a 20, you're going to wake something up. Um, Roos, you need to make one. Um, and I want you to make it with advantage because you actually stole something from the sarcophagus. And Bordemus is going to make just one regular. Uh, so Pine rolled a 10 and a 6. So nobody woke up. Yep, and Bordemus rolled a four, so no. And Joff, what'd you roll? Joff rolled a 15 and an eight. Nope, so nothing wakes up. Just a vague sense of guilt from stealing from the dead. That'll pass. <laughs> During all of this, Ebby had also headed to the eastern side of the room and was kicking the sarcophagi in the bottom right-hand corner. I thought you were saying you were kicking the sarcophagi in the bottom, like kicking its butt. Hi-oh. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Okay, we'll make a make a luck check. And Ebby rolled a five and a ten. Okay, is Nari kicking sarcophagi or is she the only smart Nari one in the group? Nari is not <laughs> kicking sarcophagi. Like, no, that's a bad plan, guys. <laughs> can can Ebby also try to remove the sarcophagi lids from a couple of these and see if there's anything lootable inside? Okay, yeah, so at this point, you guys have been in this room for about a minute. Um, so if you're going to start pulling lids, then we're going to start adding on time. Okay, I'm going to start making some rolls if that's what you want to do. So go ahead, make a strength check, Ebby. Okie dokie. And Ebby rolled a 12. Uh, not enough. This one okay. actually seems to actually be, um, maybe it's not cemented together, but it seems sealed somehow. And you just can't quite get a purchase enough to start sliding it off. I guess, should we be on our way then? Yeah, the sooner the better. Yes, we should be on our way. I have one last trick up my sleeve that I think I'm going to do as we leave this room. Okay. All right. Well, follow me. Okay. Pines leads the way, followed by, I think, I can't remember what the order was. You can do Nari. I'll take the rear in this case so I can cast the spell. Okay. We'll go Nari and then Joff and then Bordemus and then Abby will bring up the rear. And once we are kind of deep in this, in this hallway, Mm -hmm. Ebby is going to cast, with one of his level three spell slots, one of his few remaining spell slots, Plant Growth. Yes! Uh, it's not a concentration spell, but when you cast with one action, um, can choose a point within range, and all plants within a 100-foot radius centered on that point become thick and overgrown, and a creature moving through the area must spend four feet of movement for every one foot it moves. The idea here is that I wanted to try to see if I could get the roots and everything to start mm -hmm. really getting overgrown and make it so that way this room is virtually impassable. I mean, I know they'll be able to kind of crawl through everything, but that's kind of the hope. Awesome. That's a great idea. So this this room, as you are watching these plants grow, now does, oh, I, can you pick and choose which plants? Um, are you going to you're going to put it far enough away so that the plants, the roots and stuff that are in front of you are not going to grow as well? Because this hall is kind of clogged up with it, too. 
It says you can exclude one or more areas of any size within the spell's area from being affected. Okay. So you kind of move down the hall a little bit. I'm, I'm imagining you'd want to close off this way a little bit as well. So some of the roots um, that go, uh, that kind of clog this hallway, um, they kind of close off the entrance. You can still tell that there's an entrance here, um, but it is, it is definitely more obscured and it will more than likely look less likely, less like somebody actually went through this hallway. Um, some of these big roots in that big main area, they also grow and they, they fill up the space. How long does this last or is this indefinite? It's indefinite actually. Oh wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. All right. So you guys have moved the red candle down this hallway a little bit to, to allow you guys to see where you're going. This hallway goes, uh, it heads north for about 20 feet and then it turns east and it goes around a corner. And then at the, this, uh, hallway that heads east only goes another 30 feet or so. And then at the end of that hallway, um, uh, pine, as you're leading the way, you can see, um, it turns north and there is a grate, a, a portcullis that blocks off a small, uh, four by four room. Um, and at you, with your vision, you can see through the, through the bars, you can see stair stairs that lead up. So seeing the great, um, Pine will say, Oh, great. Sorry, I need <laughs> your help. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. And I Nari, love it so much. Excuse the pun. I need your help. I need your strength. Nari will sigh. <laughs> Bortimus, maybe you too. You, you look like you have some muscle on you. Of course, of course. And he will follow up behind Nari um, up to this this grating. So we have a... Well, actually, as you approach this portcullis and you take a closer look at it, you see that, yes, it is old. It is rusted. It's not so much a portcullis as as an iron gate. So it's not that you can lift it up into the ceiling like a portcullis, but you can actually open the gate. But it is locked. Um, It does look like it's pretty substantial, but you can try to break it. Sorry, I thought it was a portcullis. If otherwise, I would have I would have said, uh, "Hey, Joff, Joff, hurry! We need Gigi." <laughs> that, there you go. Yeah, there is a lock on it. So I'll I'll make my way up and I'll grab Gigi out of my pocket and say, "All right, girl, I need you to I need you to do your magic on this lock here." Okay, why don't you make a uh, make a check? Gigi got a twenty on her um, on her check. Fantastic. Yeah, Gigi kind of flutters over everyone's shoulder and lands on the uh, on the gate, kind of looks into the lock, sticks her tail in there, starts wiggling it around. Flakes of of rust start falling off this lock. And within no time, you hear this click and the gate swings open and you are in a small room with a staircase leading up. Joff will give Gigi a little treat and say, atta girl. All right. So there's now a staircase up as you guys all enter this room. The uh, the door is you can close the door and lock it again if you would like to do that. Um, otherwise, there's a staircase that leads up and out of um, this area. Yeah, I think we want to lock that gate again. Should we send someone up to proceed with caution first? Make sure that it's clear. I can go look real quick. That sounds like a capital idea. All right. So. Uh, Joff, you are going to start proceeding up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make a stealth check and a perception check. So Joff rolled a nat 20 on his stealth and then an 11 on his perception. Okay. As you guys say, okay, Joff, why don't you go check it out? Wait, what? Oh, where did you go? You guys, he's literally already gone. Um, and you guys have no idea, um, that he even snuck out of the room. Um, 
Joff, you start heading up these stairs. The the hallway, the stairway is full of uh, vines and uh, roots that are breaking through this uh, this kind of stone uh, stairwell. Um, and as you climb, you start to get the faint smell of earth and of trees and vegetation. And as you get to the top of the stairs, we're going to stop there for tonight. Thanks for playing with me, guys. Uh, you guys got to explore a little bit of the undercity of Arkelvy. I will tell you right now that there are at least two secrets that you guys totally missed, which is okay. You guys are running for your lives. But um, this was a lot of fun. Very dangerous, too. So uh, anyway, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead, support us. Uh, you know, uh, Leave a review. Make, give us a rating. Go check out our Patreon. And other than that, we hope you guys have a great time.